Hey, I'm Parker Lennon. And this is Chuck Stack. And you're listening to Fact Fitness. Use fitness as a goal for something we wanted to do, and it allowed us to do things like rock climbing and surfing and, and do it in a fun way. Things you should question yourself about before you compete. Everybody's different. And yeah. so if you think you're going to be just like that study, or you think you're going to fall directly into that category, you're probably wrong. I follow doctors and certain trainers that are PhDs and stuff so that I can get what they're doing their research on. High game is the relentless pursuit of meeting new people. Yeah. <laughs> this or, is like killing a million little organisms at a time. I was in a really bad place, but what got me through was fitness, number one. And secondary was meditation and really good friends, of course. No, 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 no. We got no sleep. We we, we need to be a little bit more like ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We start goofing off a little bit more when we, uh, when we get a lack of sleep. So, welcome, guys. We're at our episode nine. We are one off double digits. I'm stoked about that. Yeah, no, we, it's been progressing and moving forward in a, in a very quick manner, and we're kind of, uh, we're really excited about it, and some of the people we've already had, and some of the people that have kind of agreed to, uh, to join us on some future podcasts. So, um, today, we kind of just wanted to talk to you guys about a few things that, um, Basically, we haven't really talked about our direction and what we're going for um, in the future, and that's what we want to talk to you about today. Like, what what is FAQ Fitness or FAQ Fitness, as we like to call it? Yeah, we keep we, we keep joking around with it, and it keeps saying FAQ Fitness, and, mm, and I, I that's what we're gonna call it. Yeah, it just it is what it is, but it's the the concept came from frequently asked questions fitness so yep. we're we're trying to talk about the things that we hear the most from people and that they ask us questions on a regular basis whether it be clients whether it be enthusiasts whether it be experts we're trying to just uh inform you guys through reaching out to specialists and in their field that we may not be as strong in that field and reach out to them just like we had Aaron, just like we had Reed so far, and like we have some others scheduled as well. Um, and I think the other big thing is we're looking into the science of it, and so when we ask or we get asked questions, we try to look into studies and see what we can find and, and maybe further information that none of us knew um, as far as the studies go on that subject. Yeah, that's been the cool thing with this and, and myself is that it's really gained my passion back for doing fitness specific research. 100%. Yeah, and and I, I've in the past few years, and I've only talked to a very few people about this, which I won't mention too much about it, but um, I've been working on my own research project and doing a lot of research. It's genetic based, but um, that's all I'll say about it. And uh, it's just... Uh, this has been a nice break and it's been a nice focus to, to away from school and, and back into the kind of the basics that Parker and I came from where, where we were brainstorming about this stuff as teenagers, you know, and, and as we were inspiring to be fitness professionals and stuff. And and we, we constantly talk about it. And I think we said this on a couple of our first episodes. We really we get together and we talk and maybe grab a beer or coffee and shoot the shit about this stuff all the time because our brains never really turn off as far as fitness goes. It's just what we do. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. That was what came to mind when I was thinking of where this concept came from. Is it, Parker and I, so many times when we've been out, whether it be drinking or not, whether it be coffee, whether it be beer, 
whether it be just socializing, you know, we're always talking fitness and we were like, man, if we would just record some of the stuff we talk about, yeah. like it's good content. Like we feel like it's, it's stuff that people want to hear that people should hear in the fitness industry. And a lot of times as fitness professionals, we get so scientific and so tech savvy and nerd out. And it's fun for us because we understand the jargon, but it's not always fun for you guys. So that's, what's been cool about this podcast is it's actually taught us a little more of how to approach the, the discussions of fitness and how to really simplify some of these concepts that, that we make some such easy sense of, but for the everyday listener, it's kind of hard to grasp these concepts. Yeah, we're trying to make it more accessible to you and make it um, verbiage-wise something that you can understand and relate to. And just, you know, even with just talking, we can kind of show you where it's at in the body, what you can do to um, make the problem better or um, a training style. And you'll you'll get a lot more information. We actually, um, I sent Chuck like a huge, huge list of things of that I wanted to talk about and some controversial things I really want to get him to talk about. And we have some good good ones coming up. We just uh, need the time to record them. Yeah, it's it's just about having the time. And we're both busy fitness professionals, and we have other uh, endeavors and stuff as yeah. well. You know, Parker with his music stuff and his. Um, bromantic adventures and some of the other stuff that he's working on yep uh, bromantic adventures is releasing next week first episode so yeah that's awesome got so, some crunch stuff on that really looking forward to seeing that myself and um i haven't I'm, showed you yet have i no i haven't seen I love it. any of those trips or anything so it's it's gonna be really cool to see some of that experience and we'll try to get craig back on and we can do another kind of travel fitness thing and and stuff along those lines maybe active fitness that doesn't involve a gym Something yeah. like that. No, we'll, 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 we'll definitely get a, a, some of our, our our guests already. Yeah, we've got some, we've got some guests lined up, huh? Yeah, so far we already have had a few guests, and and we continue to have more and more people that are showing interest in, in being on the show. So, and if you're listening to this in the Sarasota area, actually anywhere, doesn't matter if you're in California, I have a few people that I want to have from Cali too. You're in Fiji. Yeah, you could be anywhere. You, you Skype us. You Skype us. You can be on this show, and we love to talk anything fitness with you. Yeah, and and we're working. That's exactly what we've been working on is kind of getting our systems down to where we can expand. Um, our podcast and have more people on the show and just continue to have a high quality output so that we can feel comfortable with our product because we are professionalists or perfectionists I mean professionalists um, yeah professionalists that's <laughs> actually I like that too you come up with all these words on the podcast yeah right we are professionalists as well um, that we, we are we are professional about it. I mean, even though we joke around and, and Parker has a different personality than I do and you know, he, he may cuss or, or say some stuff that might shock people a little more it's, than myself. It's that Cali style, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what we want to show. We want to show a little more of our personality and, and not keep it so structured. And, and so like, well, today on Track Fitness, <laughs> we're yeah. going to be talking about just these topics. So it's just, or, or make you fall asleep. So if you're falling asleep now, Hold on to your shorts. Yeah. We have questions to answer. I think that's a good segue. We have some good things coming. We're going to leave it at that. It's a good segue to go into our couple of questions that we had asked this week. We actually have, are getting a great response. And finally, people are asking us questions. So if you have a question, shoot us an email, uh, factfitnesspodcast at gmail.com, or we're going to have a contact form on factfitnesspodcast.com. Yeah, and then you can also reach us out to us individually. Um, we've... Mm -hmm 
put that at contact information out there, but yep, it's on our it's in our description every time, so yeah, you can get us there. So it's it's enough said with that. Um, that is a purpose of this podcast is to get some frequently asked questions. Yep. So, so here are two very common, very frequently asked questions that we have got over the years, and we actually got them again this week. Um, one of them, I'll go ahead and read it off. I saved it on my phone. Was from a lady. Um, who basically was asking the question, um, bulking tips. I'm super skinny. I used to train three years ago and I got pregnant, put on bed rest. And I responded, um, to the sense of, are you still on bed rest? And she said, no, it was due to the pregnancy. I'm super skinny, sent us a photo. And then she basically asked second to that, how she could build a nice booty, which is very common and not gain fat while doing it. Kind of lose some weight build a butt yeah and parker had some great feedback on on what he gave her um some specific exercises and stuff to do um all that i would recommend also so why don't you go ahead and share some of those exercises that you shared with that okay so um my big thing is focus on your core lifts so you're going to focus on your squats your deadlifts um also throw in some lateral movement so i do stability band stuff um I guess I shouldn't say it. I do stability ball stuff and band stuff. Um, I always make clients focus on lateral movements because most people spend so much time moving forward that they never really go uh, move backwards or sideways. So a lot of lateral movement. Um, one of my big ones that I definitely have them do is glute bridges. Um, in case you don't know what some of these lifts are, um, sure you know squats and, and deadlifts. And if you don't know the correct form, find somebody that knows and is very knowledgeable to teach you in person. YouTube video is not the great great way to learn these because they are very serious lifts and you can hurt yourself. Um, glute bridge, you're gonna be kind of in a lying position and basically feet close together and you're gonna be raising up your hips um, and your shoulder blades will be on the ground. So basically kind of, well, how would you describe that movement, Chuck? Yeah, so I was listening to everything you're saying and. I was just kind of picking your brain because I know what I would suggest, but I don't really, I can't speak for you. So, um, like a glute bridge, you'd be basically laying flat on your back, raising your hips straight up in the air yep. with your feet flat on the ground. Um, that pushing is great, through the heels. Yeah. Pushing through the heels. Um, there's other exercises like fire hydrants and from a quadruped position. So that's yep. hands and knees, um, raising the legs straight out to the side, kind of like a dog peeing on a fire hydrant. Um, I love that one because it's so visual. Yeah, right. It, I mean, you guys, you radio listeners, you can mm -hmm. hear and, and kind of visualize and you're like, man, why do they have to say that? But anyway, so <laughs> no, from, from that same hands and knees position, you can do reverse hyperextensions, kicking your legs straight back and up. Keeping the knee bent actually keeps the glutes activating more. So you mm -hmm. don't want to straighten the leg out as you kick back. You we wanna... did these on the Pilates Reformer with resistance bands. Yeah. So. And, and these are exercises that, so as Parker and, and this actual, this follower actually mentioned it, that she wants it a squat booty, so to speak. Yeah. So she wants that squat, like, and, and that's the misconception in the fitness industry is that squats are what is a result of the glutes. And from my experience in a corrective exercise sense is that using techniques like muscle activation techniques right from the start and doing glute oh, bridges yeah. or doing fire hydrants or doing reverse hyperextensions, doing some of these exercises we're talking about first before you do squats or deadlifts can actually help you better engage those muscles during some of those bigger lifts. Okay, so, I'm really, I'm so stoked that you just said that because we did not put this in our notes, but 
Well, and muscle activation. This is where people really lack it. So if you're an experienced lifter, we can we could literally poke you and say activate this muscle, or you might do it as we poke you. Right. Because we have a really strong neuromuscular connection to all these muscles. Um, for the average person that's just getting into lifting, you really don't have that ability to flex. And this this comes a lot with you know body part splits when you're really focused on all these little muscle groups. Um, but muscle activation, like you said, is basically the the result. Or you could even we could go into um, fatiguing a muscle to get the right. This is, is actually there's, this is this is a, really a really big fun one. Co- yeah, podcast here because we go. <laughs> there, we're going into a lot of different concepts and yeah. and with the muscle activation techniques, it is a technique that can be really utilized. And Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually one of the best people that introduced this concept, and that was that you want to make a mental connection with the muscle that you're trying to work. So if you're doing bicep curls, you want to be trying to flex your bicep as much as possible, as much as mentally possible. Because that's going to actually help you get up to, I think it's up to like a 70% better muscle contraction. Yeah. And and I mean, I don't know the exact science behind it, but you can physically get, there is supported evidence, a better muscle contraction with a mental connection. And that's what I try to focus on with my clients, especially right off the start, is so that they get that mental awareness. And we're going to touch base on this further in the podcast um, when we talk about trying to hit every aspect of training at once yeah but but the main focus is to get the muscles activated first you know make sure that you do have a good connection you can feel those glutes really working before you go to these larger lifts because it will help better engage and actually have better hypertrophic or muscle building properties to that exercise okay so chuck you went into it you started saying here's a great example he was using so i said let's focus on the core lifts now, what a great trainer would actually do, and yes, I'm telling her to focus on these core lifts because they'll give her the best results, but a great trainer is going to go through and they're going to look at your posture during the lift to see if there's any imbalances. Then they're going to see if you're activating those muscles because usually the imbalance is caused by not activating the right muscles during the movement. Chuck said um, it's called the squat booty, but there's a huge problem. A lot of um, non-experienced lifters do not activate their glutes at all during a squat and they usually use incorrect form and what do they end up working quads quads and yeah. you know what quads are already overworked so right. let's t- let's kind of walk them through now this is be really difficult audio wise but let's walk them through how they could engage the glutes in a squat my biggest thing so there's there's two things that you want to think about i mean when we're really talking about the science behind a squat or squat form there's high bar there's low bar Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to be talking mostly about low bar, um, in, in this podcast, just because of probably familiarity. Um, it's, it's more the style I use, so I'm not as familiar with the high bar positioning, but so low bar is kind of lower off of the bulge in the back of your neck and it's sitting more on the traps and on the shoulders of the bar that is, is sitting, sitting on your traps and your shoulders. So if you can't, if you can't visualize this, he's basically touching the part between his neck and the outside of his shoulder. This is the traps. They're the kind of ones, if you're a woman, you're, you're the, the ones that you definitely don't want because that's what they always say. I don't want traps. The, the bar should <laughs> sit comfortably on yeah, your shoulders. And it, should. it, it shouldn't be painful on your neck or on your spine. So moving from that position, you want to think of first standing all the way upright Mm -hmm. and actually engaging your glutes. That's where you're going to be able to get a good mental contraction of the glutes. It gets more difficult as you actually squat down to keep that engagement in the glutes. 
But as you squat down, you want to make sure that your knees, your toes, your hips, your shoulders are all in a good alignment. They don't necessarily have to be right in alignment with each other, but they have to be in a natural position to where you're not falling forward and your knees are not falling over your toes. That is the biggest problem with a squat, and that is what gets the most quad engagement or front of your thigh engagement rather than using your whole leg, right. your glutes, your hamstrings, your quads, your calves even. And a, a squat is an entire leg exercise if you really break it down into that. The last thing I want to add on that is that as you stand up, you want to bring your hips forward at the same rate. That is probably the biggest thing that is hard for people to make a, a, con a connection with. Yep. But I think that that's like the biggest, the easiest thing to visualize is that somebody's kind of pulling your hips forward as you're standing up so that you can engage those glutes back in the upright position. Okay, so we, we kind of grazed over the squat form and let me tell you a couple of the problems that i see and actually this we're gonna have a whole podcast just on, damn, on squat uh, form and stuff we but. could that's okay we can we can extend this one if we need to okay so basically the, this happened to me today um a client that i'm working with i'm just progressing her after about a month and a half two months into real bar squats you know so we're actually touching the bar now um, we've been doing primary, primarily, um, box squats, which is one of my favorite progressions. And this is actually how I will, um, monitor somebody and actually take them through a squat progression in my first session. Um, so the big thing that I see most common is knees come forward. So as you're going down, your knees come forward over the toes, which you talked about. And then the other thing I see, like, if you don't have something to go back to, people like to put most of their weight into their quads and their knees, and that ends up with the knee pain. Um, and what you really wanna do is push your hips back. So push your butt back, almost like you're gonna sit down in a chair. And the best place to start with a brand new client I've uh, kind of figured out is to have them sit on a plyo box and then just stand up. And then I correct from there. That's that's how I exactly. get them in the right form. <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you hit it right on the head with that. That, that. that is the progression. And that's where I was leading into when I cool. was talking earlier about kind of periodization and when you should focus on different things and whether I have a beginner client or a professional athlete I take them through kind of the similar squat assessment similar yep. overhead assessment similar movement patterns that I am familiar with that I can tell if that person has any imbalances that we need to focus on so that they can get that proper muscle recruitment because many people we sit down we sit down all day or we stand up all day. I mean, that's, yep. that's really breaking one down or the other. Our, our lifestyles. Yep. And if you're standing, you're usually going to have an anterior pelvic tilt. So you kind of have like that duck butt where you stick your butt out and your hips are kind of bent. And and that shuts off the glutes. And on the other side of the spectrum, if you're sitting down all day, your hip flexors are tight all day, which leaves your glutes dormant as well. Dormant meaning shut off, not working whatsoever. So... That is why when we do go into the gym and we work out, sometimes it's important just to do these muscle recruitment yeah. exercises to make sure that we're firing the right muscles in these bigger muscles or these bigger exercises. And so here's, you know, when I said on the lateral movement, so we can kind of move out of the squat just a little bit. We'll, we might brush on again. Um, what you'll see in the squat a lot of times is knees either do one of two things. They either go in or out. out. So... If you have that imbalance, a lot of times we're going to look at inner and outer thigh movements. So that'd be right. our, kind of our next progression. 
um, in figuring out the activation patterns of And, and that's actually a huge issue with the glutes. Yep. Where either problem is, is actually an imbalance in the glutes. So yep. if the knees are crashing in, it's a weakness more in the glute medius, and that's yep. the outer part of your hips. I call it the pockets, because if you see somebody that has a muscular butt, they have kind of like pockets on the side of their butt. And that's more <laughs> where that glute medius stuff sits. So as far as as far as activating that, it's more lateral movements. So lateral walking, taking a band, and actually going on the outermost part of your of both shoes, holding it in your hands, and walking sideways. That's a progression from a natural um, lateral walk. But and if you okay, so here's women always look to bikini pros, and they're like, what are they doing? If you go to World Gym, if you go to Gold's Gym, if you go to your 24-hour fitness or even Crunch here, those girls are constantly being coached to do lateral movements with bands, low, right. low um, kind of lateral lunges, and they do that for a long period of time, and that's why their booties look so fucking good. I mean, let's just be honest. There's a good lateral patterns and just great muscle activation. And that that's what their focus is. I yep, mean, that's as, their huge as, focus. As bikini. And, and I don't, and I don't, it, I don't. It, it, Especially in females, <laughs> especially in females, um, as far as their main <laughs> focus point in the, the bodybuilding industry, um, they focus a lot on the glutes because that is a primary focus on the female aesthetics. So it's just, I mean, even guy bodybuilders and anybody that's focusing on athletic performance, a big power output comes from glute and core strength oh, yeah. as well. So. It's something that's why we're touching. That's why it's actually a really great a, a question to, yeah. to touch base on. Um, well, so let's. Um, I actually wanted to add a little bit too. I'm one of those guys that's not afraid to get on the inner and outer thigh machine because I'm very confident with my sexuality, so I don't have to worry about that. But I actually do do this because I know I had surgery on my left knee, and sometimes because of the muscle imbalances I have on my left side, I actually have to work inner and outer thigh. I'm super strong in the movement, but I always really focus heavily on making sure that my lateral movements are strong. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing that you have to think of with with all these with any specific muscle group is what movement patterns are that is that muscle responsible for? You know, what can I do to train and get stronger? What are my weakest ranges of motion in that muscle group or movement pattern? And and take it from there because that can teach you a lot about where your weaknesses are or about where your body's not firing as much and firing too much in other areas. So the glute exercises, whether it be hip hikes or whatever it may be, it's cable kickbacks. Yeah. Cable mm -hmm. kickbacks. I mean, reverse hyper, I keep saying reverse hyper extension cause it's such a great one. Yep. But, and a um, lot of people don't do that one too. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the thing. It helps and the spinal erectors. And so I'm, I noted that just a minute ago mm -hmm. about core being a, another big power output. When I think of the core as a term, I think of the abdominals. So your six pack muscles, your obliques, as well as your glutes and your spinal erectors as well. That yep. is the core to me because the core by definition is something that stabilizes the spine, you know, and that's the main job behind the glutes to stabilize the sac, the sacrum, the hips, and the spinal erectors and stuff to stabilize the spine. So um, to touch base on that, if you want to look at any more resources or anything, you can uh, 
I love Facebook you, you, Live. You, you can you can check out. I like um, the glute guy, uh, uh-huh. Brett Contreras. I think is, is is how he says his last name, but he's a uh, he's a great source. He he actually is one of the lead scientists that does a lot of research on glute activation and some of these newer muscle groups and how to set up machines and stuff. So <laughs> keep it straight, man. Danny Lopez on Facebook. He was like, I was born with a Puerto Rican butt and it won't stop growing because I squat. What should I do? <laughs> I love you, man. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, another thing that I think you could go with the hyperextensions, um, RDLs, man. Yeah. Never leave out RDLs. Straight leg deadlifts. Yeah, and I deadlifts. I did um I did single leg uh straight leg deadlifts so RDLs this week. Holy shit, my ass was sore. So is. this actually brings up a really good point, and and talking about this exercise really hits home for me because this is something that's so hard for me to teach, whether it be at the elite level or at the everyday person. Which, whoever I'm, I'm training. Are you talking about RDLs or single leg? I'm talking about thoracic stability. Okay. I'm talking about the ability for somebody to be able to stabilize their mid okay. and upper back. And that actually has a huge contribution to glute mm-hmm. activation and hamstring activation. So oh, yeah. what I'm talking about there is the ability to be able to first squeeze your shoulder blades all the way back. And you should be able to squeeze your shoulder blades and feel as if you could squeeze a pencil right in between your shoulder blades. Secondly, you should be able to stand straight up and straight down with your palms straight to your side, for one. And for two, then doing the same thing with your upper body posture, straight up overhead. So it's something that we may not think that our upper body has the effects of the lower body, but if your upper body is out of balance, it can actually affect stuff like glute activation. I'm so glad that you touched on this because actually, you know, um, a lot with the squat with my client, the things that I was noticing were actually where head position was sure so head position has a lot to you're basically i I just preach this in swimming if you drop your head your feet will come up if you look up if you're bringing your head up your feet automatically drop the same thing goes with squats and deadlifts if you're looking at your toes your chest position is wrong there's no if ands or buts about it you've got to be looking kind of somewhat forward in a neutral position and your chest movement and your upper back and um even mid back is very very important for the lift, and I'm glad I'm really glad that you said that because I think we would have grazed over that. Well, and and that's the thing with when I talk about alignment and everything, and and as a trainer, I'm always focusing on ankles, knees, hips, shoulders, neck, elbows, wrists. And I'm always focusing on those things, and my eyes are going up and down. Oh yeah, you know, clients are like, "What are you looking at? What's wrong?" You know, like they, you're breaking they, it down the I'm whole like, time, man. But but I have to analyze, and I'm that's where my OCDs come in is in movement patterns and in form, and that's why if you do have that neck position in the wrong position, you can be engaging the wrong muscles, or if yep. you have the shoulders in the wrong position or the elbows, and it does come down to one little thing sometimes that that people have a consistent issue with. So, and you know what, your your performance too very much depends upon that. Yeah. You will lift more if you have a good you if you start with no slack in the bar, you have your upper back engaged, your mid back engaged, your lats are pulling through, you got your shoulders pinched back, you have a good head position, you will lift more weight. Yeah, and that's what that's what a lot of I tell people right from the start. I say, look, this first aspect of training and so we'll go ahead and start molding this into our our next topic also but about how you can't have everything at once you can't Uh, have power we've got to answer one more part of your question yeah okay how do you so how do you put on how do you put on um 
the mass without lo she says she's a model that's what she does if that's her livelihood how does she put on that big booty without getting too much gains bro um i would say focusing specifically on doing glute stuff you know yeah. more than once a week so you know, so doing, frequency yeah frequency more so than anything so incorporating glute exercises two to three times a week won't hurt but make sure that they are spread out enough that you can still get the proper rest and recovery yep and that's going to help you with the activation part of it too. So frequency is just really huge. And anytime, anytime you're trying to develop something, it doesn't have to be like the whole part of your workout, but just do kind of like little sessions where you're focused on that one muscle group. Yeah. And with a lot of my clients, especially if it comes down to a muscle activation or a lack of, I'll have them start out every exercise or every workout with the same corrective exercises, whether it be glute bridges or hyperextensions or supermans or swimmers or anything to engage the glutes and the hips rather than the hip flexors and the quads. So, you know, making sure that you're doing some of these exercises to constantly keep these muscles activated is is more of the issue and the concern. You yep. know, so if you're doing squats all the time, you might actually get a little more quad development than you want, you know. Yeah. So, it it does come down to doing very specific exercises like the gl the glute specific exercises. Yeah, and we and this is what I was trying to kind of pass on to her. We'd love to see you doing more of the compound lifts cuz some of these isolated um movements won't give you the results that you're really looking for. Um and not to mention if she is going for more of a building phase and not wanting to put on too much, you know, if she's eating in a little bit of a surplus, which we didn't really talk about, but let's say she is and trying to gain a little bit um, doing the, the compound movements is going to burn more calories and kind of put your, your body in a more anabolic position to build. Well, that actually leads right into our next question. Yeah. And so that was about clean bulk. So. so clean bulk. And this came from, uh, one of, uh, our, our fans as well. He was kind of similar thing, wanted to put on some muscle, but he's also trying to lose weight. And this is a very, very hard thing to do. Yeah. And, and, one of the the female in this case was very specific. She wants to put on muscle in a very specific area. Yes. Whereas the male just wants to put on a little bit of healthy muscle mass. He just wants to be cut and look yeah, good. You know, look sexy yeah, on the beach. Know, he's on the beach quite a bit over there. In yeah. Beach, yeah. So yes. We know. Uh, we yeah. know what he's up to. Um, but surfer no, dude. So, but the thing is, is that so with a clean bulk or or with any bulk where you're trying to put on. And so let's let's define what bulking is because we've oh we've now we're going to go into this subject well, we've touched base <laughs> right, on it okay. before and that's what we're talking yeah. about and so it's a clean bulk or a bulk is putting on muscle mass and minimizing the amount of fat that's put on the reason being and the the reason this is so difficult is because as enabled to put on muscle mass you need to be in a surplus and that's what parker just mentioned a surplus is being in eating more calories than you're actually burning. So you have to kind of moderate this a little bit so that you're not eating too many calories and getting spillover as fat. And that's something that someone like myself and my body type, I have a very hard time doing. So, and that's actually... Whereas it's it's the complete opposite for my body type. So yeah. if, I, if I throw in some more calories, like after this keto thing, which you're still on keto, right? Yeah. No, I'm over three weeks now. Killing so. it, man. I so I dropped out of the the keto after about two weeks and um, started eating more carbs, and I I immediately put the some weight back on in in a healthy way. I'm not I'm not putting on fat really, and I'm I'm eating pretty clean. Um, so so I think the first thing to focus on yeah. in a clean bulk is caloric intake. Caloric intake. Just just simply monitoring in a journal what you're eating, how much, and 
and the basic macros, your calories, your protein, your carbs, and your fat. Just monitoring those things alone and seeing where you're at for a week is, is the, the best starting point, so the, the, the best piece of advice I can give you. That way you know that if you gained a pound in that week, you know that you need to back off your calories a little bit. You know, and, and the rate of weight gain should really only be about two-tenths to maybe a half a pound a week. And that's for newer, that's a newer trainee. That's not even a veteran athlete, you know, which it might even be slower for a natural athlete or a veteran athlete. So, Well, here's my thought on This is a, a little hypothesis I have. Um, if you're kind of trying to do it in a clean way, a good way is to cycle through it. So just like anything else, carb cycling... Um, carb backloading, all those things come into thing. I actually think I was wanting to talk about that at some point too, but it's going to be too long of a subject to bring into. Um, but you want it, when you're in a surplus, basically you can bulk up for a little bit and then maybe even go back to like a more uh, moderated diet. So what I'll do is I'll do like three weeks where I'm kind of letting myself eat more of the high calorie foods and, you know, being a, in a surplus. And then for about a week or two, I'll actually back off of it. And what that's doing is um, kind of bringing my metabolism up, dropping it back down, and then my body is kind of guessing. And I think that you you basically, because of that that reaction, um, develop more muscle that way. I don't like the three or four months, you know, the winter bulk thing where everybody just eats all the shit they want. I think is bullshit. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you're you're bringing up these topics because uh, I have kind of a different approach in this, and not that I disagree with what you're saying, but. Different body types too. Yeah, different body types, different approaches. Yep. You know, different things work for different people, and you have to see what works best for your body and stay consistent with that. So, and I'm not saying my way is good for everybody. It's just what works for me. So, what I tend to do is I actually will wear a heart rate monitor for my whole waking hours, and that way I can tell what my caloric, my estimated caloric intake or caloric expenditure. So, how many calories I'm burning through my waking hours. And I'll do that for like a week or so and see on some of my higher intensity days or where I'm working out a little harder about how many calories I'm, I'm burning. And then on days where I may be a rest day or something and see how many calories I'm burning. Okay, so you, you touched on something. We talked about activity level. And this is this is a great example. Heart rate is going to monitor your daily activity level. Right, and that's that's why I use a heart rate monitor. Is and that's the best way you could. Yeah, it's monitor it's it. a it's basically your rev limiter, your RPMs mm -hmm. of your body. So you can tell a lot closer, a lot more accurate. Now, some of these Fitbits and stuff aren't. I was going to say, what do you accurate. think better, step steps or heart rate? I think heart rate would be better. Heart rate is, however, nowadays there's becoming more popular just the wrists only. Mm -hmm. heart rate monitors I have one. and and I still prefer the old strap style it's more accurate so and, he prefers being uncomfortable yeah and, but <laughs> but I, I prefer being accurate if I'm yeah, taking, really if I'm taking data I want it to be as accurate as possible so that's why I wear the chest strap and that's why I suggest a lot of people stick with the chest strap if oh yeah if they're focusing on heart rate in any aspect and just so you guys know you don't have to pay a hundred dollars for a Fitbit you can get a chest strap in the polar app and it's like twenty dollars yeah no there's there's a lot of ways around it and um, your your phone will do it yeah there's Bluetooth there's a couple yep. Bluetooth ones. Garmin They're has like 20 one. bucks. Yeah, you can get a, a, a decent strap for 20 to $50, and you can save some money on, on getting a heart rate monitor. But that's that's how I monitor my caloric intake so that I know where my base is. So even in this keto diet that I've been on, mm -hmm. I've been monitoring my caloric intake, 
and and seeing about how many calories I need to be taking in. And that's been that's why I'm I feel great at three weeks and I feel yep. like I'm actually making good progress. But I'm making it to the point where it, slow progress is progress. You know why you're getting so much progress, bro? Because you can't have wine or beer. <laughs> yeah, no, it, well, and and that's the thing. It, it, any type of elimination diet, you're cutting yeah. out, you're cutting out the bad stuff, and you're putting good stuff in your body. So that's why we say that there's mo- multiple different ways to approach anything. Is that because it it may what works for you may not work for me, and vice versa. So, yeah. um, and it might not work for our clients. So we've always got to look at every different aspect of it. So as far as clean bulk, I always say too. So focusing on a little bit more of the intricacies behind that making sure you're at least getting your protein intake to where for a clean bulk and there were again we're talking about bulking so i would say one gram of protein per pound at minimum while you're trying to bulk um and you can go up to as much as two you know some people even recommend three but this is where i'm gonna actually be the I disagree. I just, I just say body weight and that's, that's where I, if for clean bulking, that's where I put it at. Cause I think carbs and fat are a little more effective. Yeah, I think, okay. So it depends on your body type. Um, if you're trying to make, um, huge gains, I would say that's probably more on the higher ends of what I would recommend. I would say more like, uh, 0.75 for your body weight. I know you have to get a calculator out, but just a little bit less, probably about, 20 to 30 grams less than than that recommendation and I think that will keep you burning the fat too. I should probably clarify that because I actually depending on the individual case, I yeah. usually go off of lean body mass mm-hmm. or by total body weight. So I guess I should clarify a little bit because yeah. that's that's more of the specifics of what I use is I start more at their lean body mass at minimum and I kind of use their body weight and their body fat and stuff like that as indicators as to how much extra food i'm going to give them too so that's cool that that's actually two really common fitness faqs yeah frequently asked questions no and and that's again that's our goal for this these podcasts is to to clarify topics that if you guys aren't giving us any information we're going to throw topics at you and throw some specialists out there that they do their job very well and we respect that and we want to hear what they have to say but like in this case we've got had quite a bit of questions lately so Mm -hmm. And and we want more questions, so please keep asking. Yeah, we took our two most common ones this week, and it's this is what you got. So, um, okay, so here we go. Our next topic is you can't have it all. You can't have it all. So, what are we talking about with you can't have it all? Basically, (laughs) it's funny because we just had this CrossFit. Yeah, I know we want everything. CrossFit is actually defined on you know being very balanced in all of those aspects, and we just talked to Aaron about that. Um, but I think what we're meaning is it's, it's really hard to be a very, very good strength athlete, be a very, very good endurance athlete, have power in the gym and also be aesthetic, you know, and those are just four examples. There's a lot of other, uh, you know, flexibility. You can't be the most flexible person if you're aesthetic and bodybuilding. Yeah. And I mean, so even breaking it down more simply than that, breaking it to performance, yep. endurance, strength. And we'll say skill. Skill. There you go. Yeah. Uh, So skill being a sport or some sort of skill that you need to be physically active for. So what we mean by that and and how I look at that and CrossFit is really good at throwing a bunch of different Mm -hmm. modalities in there so that you do stay well rounded. A jack of all trades, but a master of none. And and that's kind of what I think of too. But at the same token, you can, if you focus on 
everything on different times, Mm -hmm. you keep focusing on your weaknesses. And that's where I've become a very big fan of kind of a periodized I was just going to... Dude, that's so weird. I was going to say that. (laughs) And there's actually different types of periodization. Mm -hmm. um, And people don't realize that. Like a lot of people, when they hear periodization, they think of the four to six week plan you do three different phases focusing on stability strength and power but when we think about it we think about like a year yeah and and what's this year gonna look like for me right and and that's what we look at for our clients too or or a trainer should be looking at for Mm -hmm. their clients is they should be looking at what is this client going to be doing a year from now where are they going to be at a year two years from now four years from now and that's how Olympic athletes are built. Oh yeah. Uh, they, they, their coaches focus on that four year plan, that six year plan, that eight year plan, you know, to make or sure even that... it, look at any major sport. If you're, if you're in the NFL, you're training for the Super Bowl. Um, if you're, we'll, we'll say baseball, if you're, <laughs> if you're in baseball, you're training for the world series, um, NBA, the playoffs, soccer, yeah. the, who cares? Um, <laughs> and if you're hey. CrossFit, the CrossFit games, soccer, soccer is pretty cool in its own respect. But anyways, so <clears throat> the, the thing that we're talking about here is periodization and those sports all have an off season mm-hmm. and they're during the season, they need to be focusing on their skill the most. And if you're in the NFL during the off season, you take steroids. Well, and I, I mean, that's, that's, that's these a, are two big news things I just brought up. That, that's a topic of its own. And the thing is, is that in the off season is when most sports should be focusing on putting on muscle, absolutely, on getting stronger, on being more powerful. And we're just talking about the bulking phase that's usually during your off season. And then during the season, you should be focusing more on the skill set and mm-hmm. and and also stability. And some some of the less intense training and, because and why would that be? Because your sport is already intense enough. Exactly. And, and you don't need to make it any more intense. And in endurance sports is where I kind of see the most abuse oh, with yeah. this. Because endurance sports My dad is a great example. Yeah, we I mean, I'm in the endurance at world as well, and I had the mentality of I have to be on my bike twenty to thirty miles at least every single day. And I started having these aches and pains and these problems and stuff and I readjusted my periodization and now I'm just as strong and I I do have those long rides in me, but I'm in a a point of my phase where I'm trying to get stronger and I'm trying to lean out at the same time to focus on next season. So uh, it's about making a a long-term plan and breaking it up into different focal points so that you can optimize your training. And I think too, um, I just switched from a body part split to full body, um, with some lighter days in between. So like, I don't do heavy days or anything like that, but what it really makes you realize is number one, hitting all the different planes. So you're actually working on a lot of different movements and you don't end up doing a lot of the same things. And then also stability, balance, flexibility, mobility, um, your power versus your strength days it really helps you focus on that. And you can do that with a body part split or your regular training, endurance training, but that's what really helps. Yeah, and actually what you're talking about is exactly what I was thinking. There, So that's more along the lines of kind of a micro periodization mm-hmm. where you're focusing on different aspects throughout different days of the week or different weeks or whatever it may be. But you're, you can also do... You're making subsets, like little yep. small subsets of, of what your focal points are. 
Whereas true periodization is, is, yeah, a a month, two months, three months, you know, in a certain phase. So there's, there's multiple different approaches to that, but that's what we're trying to help you understand is that, you know, you can have a stability day or a power day. And that's how I train for BMX. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm in an endurance sport, I'm doing my endurance training and building up my capacity for next season kind of easily and slowly now. But my main goal is to put on a little more muscle and try to lean out and try to do the things that I need to do to become a better rider for the season. And like you're saying, for these professional athletes to be able to focus during their season and on their skill set. And here's something I want to bring up with this, too. You're, let's say you're an endurance athlete. I have one of these guys that comes into the gym. I took him through a fitness consultation. I gave him this badass program. He didn't even pay me for anything. I just did this for him because I want him to be a good member at our gym. And guess what he's done the whole time? Ran on the fucking treadmill. So there, there is an aspect of being like, let's say you're a marathon runner. Running on the treadmill is, is the thing that you're you're training for a marathon, so running on the treadmill makes sense, right? But there's also all these other things that you're missing out on. This same guy that I took through a fitness consultation, I picked out three or four different leg, um, back, and upper body imbalances. He has yet to touch a piece of equipment. And this guy is basically perpetually putting himself in a position to get injured. Right. And he had multiple imbalances. And that I, I forget who the author of the article I just read, but it was I sent it to my wife because she's a marathon runner herself. Mm-hmm. And I it, ran with her. It was the importance of strength training mm-hmm. and, and being in strength training both during the season and in the off season because it's just like our job. You know, you think of it like whatever you do at work, you sit down all day or you stand up all day. When you go to the gym, you want to do the opposite. You want to mm-hmm. work against whatever your body's already doing for hours and hours on end for the day. So if you are an endurance athlete, you're doing something for hours and hours on end. So why are you doing the same thing when you go into the gym? And they're proving in a lot of these studies that we're reading that taking days off from doing your sport and doing like a strength training workout benefits your overall results more so than just doing that over and over and over again because it gives your body a different mode to adapt to and it makes you stronger in the things that you do do um so i just said do do I, <laughs> I, I knew you were thinking i was it. thinking the same exact thing i <laughs> you was do like do you said do do um but yeah and that's exactly what happens when you overtrain you feel like do do no when you <laughs> overtrain you end up in pain yeah and 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 actually focusing on periodization or on other stuff in that fashion can really help minimize injury oh, and yeah. it can help optimize your results. And, and that's why. And how long do you think, so this example that I use, how long do you think that this guy would take to work out some of these muscle imbalances if he just focused on it? I mean, if it's, if he's been running for a, year, a couple of years, probably four weeks, six weeks, four, six weeks. If he spent two months before, let's say he has, a, most people put their races like three months apart on, you know, like for the average runner. If you're not like super into it. Um, so he has like, I think eight weeks to get ready for it at this point. Cause I remember the fitness consultation, if he would just focus from now to then, he would be so much better of a runner and so more well-balanced and have more endurance going into that run than he would running on the treadmill for an hour every day. Yeah. The biggest issue that I find with, with runners specifically is they don't do enough core or glute work. And he, yeah, yeah I, I mean, that's, that's huge. And, I would say too, here's a great testament. You you know about the race that I did. Yes. I got randomly invited to a race. Um, I had not ran at all. 
and I dropped into the race and I performed well. And I, it wasn't because I had been running on a treadmill. It was because I had been lifting really good heavy weights, doing power sessions, had a really well-balanced uh, strength program. And, you know, I have a, a background of running, but what really made me able to complete the race was just, you know, being trained. That's it. And, and if you know weight training properly or you're working with a good coach, they can make weight training aerobic or anaerobic. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and they know the difference and what you need. And uh, it's it's becoming far and few between. But at the same time, they're, they're, the technology, the science is out there for, for us to understand and really optimize. And the strongest runners in the world are the ones that are doing weight training and oh, yeah. the ones that are doing strength training and the ones that are focusing on these imbalances and stuff like that. And I just want to say this too. We've always kind of heard, you know, golfers don't want to do weight training because they don't want to get too bulky. If you look these days, golfers are getting a lot stronger. Tiger, They're, Tiger Woods, y'all. Tiger Woods, man. That he, dude, he drove he, the ball. Well, and and he is the, the revolutionist in the sense that mm -hmm. he was the one that came in there and he's like... Like I can bench press 300 pounds and I can hit a golf ball 500 feet, <laughs> you know, like he, and my wife can hit me with a car. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, he, he is a, is a poor example of, of how you ruin, um, a great, a great uh, yeah. career, you know, but <laughs> he's a great same, example. You mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then that's exactly it. It's, it's unfortunate because I'm still a tiger fan. I mean, I think he's it doesn't matter. A, a still great play the athlete. Game well. Yeah. I mean, as, for, for a golfer, he is a great athlete, but I mean, to screw up like that sucks. Anyways, so, but that's the thing. He brought strength training into a sport that did never, that never once focused on strength training and he revolutionized the sport. That is why you see people like Jordan Spieth and other younger golfers that are muscular, you know, and uh, Jason Day. I mean, all these guys are, are actually rather muscular oh, and, yeah. they're, and they're pretty darn athletic. And talking about CrossFit in our last episode, some of them even do CrossFit nowadays. Oh, yeah. So it's just, uh, there's the strength training definitely has an application, whether you're in an endurance sport, a skill sport, whatever it may be, you need to be strength training. Yep. And I think, um, to cover some of the other stuff, you know, mobility is huge. And so with a golfer and like, let's say golf, tennis, um, even your strength training athletes, uh, runners being able to move that muscle in a certain range of motion is huge. And your skill set, you know, a lot of times when they're working on specific skill set, that's mobility. Yeah, and it's limited by mobility. Yeah, so, and it's limited if you can't actually do that movement. So once again, the definition of mobility is the ability to move through a range, a full range of motion with stability. And, and, and it's very interconnected with um, flexibility. Right. So flexibility is your ability to move through a range of motion. So you can flat be, out. Yeah. So you can be forced into it. Right. So it, it's how far can your joint, so to speak, move without popping out? Yeah. Without, without, <laughs> without injury. tearing a muscle. And, and so on flexibility, on that note, a lot of people stretch poorly and wrong, mm -hmm. but mobility, flexibility, that should be stuff that's focused on, on an everyday basis. Every single day. You should day. be doing mobility work and flexibility work every single day. And going back to these CrossFitters, you know, there was this stupid myth that you should never go past 90. Have you seen some of their freaking overhead squats and just amazing body performance? Well, and that's where like Aaron was talking about the Olympic lifts and stuff that, mm -hmm. that stuff, people, when I do wall angels, they're like, how do you do that? Why are your arms all the way against the wall? 
That's so uh, funny. And you, I think you taught me wall angels and I use it for every fitness assessment I do. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's your number one go-to for like, Oh, they have a shoulder impingement. Or, when you see oh, that they're imbalanced. If you feel like if you're a listener and you feel like you're having um, shoulder issues and you want to see where your mobility is, describe a wall angel. Okay. So a wall angel is where you basically put your hips, shoulders, neck, and back all flat against the wall and wrists. I'm getting there. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you, you put your arms straight down to your side and you have your hands basically flat against the wall. So you actually want to bend your elbows to the point where your hands are about ear height. And then at that point, you should have your elbows and your hands against the wall. Your shoulders, your lower back, your hips, and your neck should still be against the wall. As you reach overhead, you're trying to maintain your elbows and wrists against the wall with keeping everything, every, all the other body parts mentioned against the wall as well. And you should be able to do it with your hands all the way up overhead and extended or all the way down to where your elbows are down by your side and your hands are by your ears. So if you can visualize this, think about when you were a kid and you were making snow angels. But instead of making kind of that snow angel, what you're going to do is put your elbows and your hands on the ground and you're going to basically try to keep that contact with the wall as you go all the way up and put your hands overhead. That's yeah, kind of a good and, visual. And if you can, like a lot of times we'll notice that one person has their right arm a lot further from the wall than the left, or they can't extend their elbow all the way out. Mm -hmm. And those are all indicators of different issues. You know, some being tightness in the forearm or the wrist and others being tightness in the shoulders and the neck or we'll the see, chest. Most likely it's going to be tightness in the neck. Yeah, for sure. most of the time and it's shoulder. upper traps and chest. Yep. And that's, that's the predominant tightness and that why, I'm seeing these days. And why do you think that is? That is because we are texting on our phones. Mm -hmm. We are driving. We are always in a rounded forward, poor posture position. Exactly. And, and that's that's why I see such a need for corrective exercise and and exercises like the wall angel or, yep. or external rotations. Yep. And external rotations are, are huge in that too. And those are things that in from the professional level all the way to the everyday person. I mean, I see frozen shoulder so commonly and I see baseball players with horrible range of motion, horrible flexibility, horrible mm -hmm. mobility, and they wonder why they have tendonitis or why their elbows bother them or why they have Tommy John's or any of these issues. And, and it's all due to flexibility and lack of range of motion or lack of mobility. And it, and it happens a lot with runners too. It's just in a different way. It's usually the lower body. Uh, yeah. I mean, knee pain knee is pain. so common and that's usually tightness in the quads, underactiveness in the glutes. You know, shin pain is and usually it, tightness in the calves. Say tightness in the hamstrings is huge. Yeah. Because of overdominance of the quads. Right. And in the hip position, I mean, it just, it depends on people's gait and everything, but there are a lot of imbalances. Overdominant hip flexors. Yeah. Flat feet. I mean, all yep. of, all of the things that, that definitely go with the endurance sports, but, um, you know, life wreaks havoc on your body. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to it. You know, listen to the signs. If you have an ache or a pain, listen to it because it's a sign that you're about to injure yourself worse. And let me say this too. The reason why we're so big on strength training is not because we're personal trainers, because we've seen it work. And so for a lot of these things that we're talking about, we put people through the right programs and we use the right exercises to correct these things with corrective exercise. And then they have better posture. They lose the weight. They feel better. Usually, even they, with athletic performance, if you if you have great athletic performance, the benefits and the side effects are better health. Yeah, and and I I love hearing I, I like making people feel better when they leave than oh, when yeah. they come to me, and that's that's kind of my biggest goal and what I try to focus on with 
teaching people how to move properly or with increasing flexibility or mobility or strength. You know, these are all factors that do apply directly into a functional lifestyle, you know, and that's become such a coined term and people are actually losing track of what functional really is. Oh yeah. You know, and that's, that's functional is not being able to stand on a BOSU ball. It's improving and your life. It's improving your life. <laughs> I mean, that's simply what, fu what functional is. It's just, they, they simply, call that functional training sometimes. <laughs> it's just simply improving your life. So if, if you're improving your life and not negating any of the, the effects that you're getting from the gym, then that's functional. Yep. And I think that's a perfect place for us to, to sign off, man. Yeah, that sounds good. Please send us your questions. Um, we're not going to do a huge sign off because we're going to actually make one. Yeah, so. and, and <laughs> that's exactly it. Send us some questions. That's the point of this podcast. Frequently Asked Questions Fitness Podcast is the name. So we're going to keep <laughs> or that. Fox in our Fitness Podcast. I like that way better. Yeah, I like it better too. All right, guys. Thanks again. Thank you. Peace. Peace out. Thank you for listening to FAQ Fitness Podcast. If you liked our show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. For more workout programs, video resources, and to ask your fitness questions, check out our website at FAQFitnessPodcast.com. 